Welcome to T. Rowe Price's Confident Conversations on Retirement. My name is Christine Akins, and I'm delighted to be your host. I've spent my career helping people prepare for retirement. My colleagues joining me today are financial professionals who help people on their retirement journey, whether they're planning for retirement or are already there. 401k plans are a common benefit employers provide to help people save for retirement. You probably heard about your 401k plan during your first week on the job, but I'll bet that once you got busy, you might not have given it much thought since. It happens. But if you're not aware of how your plan works, you might be missing out on being better prepared for retirement, and that can be a real confidence killer. But don't worry, my guests today spend a lot of time explaining how 401ks work in a way that is easy to understand. I'm joined by Jennifer Almeida, a certified financial planner professional, and Kelly Paris, a chartered retirement planning counselor. Welcome to the show, Jen and Kelly. It's a privilege to be here, Christine. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Do you get a feeling that a lot of people know what's going on in their plan or that they check their balance regularly? Jen, let's start with you. Well, a lot of people will just pop into their account to check their balance. They might know the basics but could benefit from knowing more. It's great that we're going a little bit deeper here today to address that. Kelly, would you add to that? It definitely is a range. Some people don't even know what type of retirement plan they have. You might have a different type of retirement plan through your employer. For example, if you work for a government agency, that might be a 457 plan, or if you work in a nonprofit, that could be a 403B. But overall, people could typically use a refresher. Absolutely. You know, it's so important to know how your plan works because for many people, their 401k will be their most significant source of assets. So in the year that you turn 50, you can contribute an additional $6,500 as a catch-up contribution. Jen, how does that work? Well, Christine, the catch-up is either going to be a part of your standard deferral or a completely separate election, meaning that whatever percentage you've chosen to put into the account will apply to the standard limit and then spill over into that catch-up limit once you meet the standard limit. Or you would have to make a completely separate election, so proactively saying that you want to do the catch-up and letting your record keeper know how much you want to contribute towards that catch-up. Your record keeper is the institution that provides the platform for your 401k plan. So it's the company that you see perhaps on your statement or the website that you go to. A couple of things to keep in mind, the catch-up applies to your pre-tax and Roth contributions combined. So you don't get $6,500 for your pre-tax and $6,500 for your Roth. Also, consider that your catch-up may or may not be eligible for the company match. Kelly, what would you add to that? So yes, as retirement savers get closer to retirement, We often see they want to save more. So it is good to be aware of the catch-up opportunities that are available through your plan. Not only is that a way to save more for retirement, but using that catch-up opportunity and saving more has that hidden benefit of helping you budget and reduce your spending, which is a great practice as you approach retirement. Coming back to being aware of the plan you have, I mentioned 403Bs and 457 plans earlier, and those plans can potentially have different catch-up opportunities. So again, important to be aware of what features are available. Don't make assumptions. 
Since we're on the topic of contributions, what if I wanted to put a large sum of money into my plan all at once? Kelly, let's start with you. How do I do that? That's a great question, and that's one we get all the time, especially when people learn about this catch-up opportunity. They might hear about it in November or December and say, hey, I'm eligible for this catch-up. How do I send you a check or put money into my 401k to reach that limit? Usually, you can't deposit a personal check or send money from your bank account. Contributions to your 401k or workplace retirement plan typically need to come from your paycheck. Since you can't send us a check, a workaround for that is adjusting your contribution percentage. So most retirement plans will allow you to make contribution changes throughout the year. They may limit the maximum amount you can contribute per paycheck. What you could do is temporarily increase your contributions so that more money's coming out of your paycheck. Jen, what would you add to that? Just one thing to be mindful of, you want to be careful with maxing out before the end of the year and possibly missing out on your full company match if you're in a plan where true-up contributions are not available. You know, a true-up may be an unfamiliar term for our listeners. What is a true-up, Jen, and how does it work? True-up is important for people who max out before the end of the year or people who at some point during the year may decide to contribute less than the amount they need to get the full match during individual pay periods. A true-up allows the company to make you whole on your match if either of those things happen during the year. Most companies provide a match per pay period. So for example, if my match is up to 6%, but half the year I'm contributing 3% and the other half the year I'm contributing 9%, well, across the entire year, I did contribute 6%. But because I was contributing less than 6% the first half of the year, if my plan doesn't have a true up, I would not be getting matched fully that first half on the 3% that I was not contributing towards the match. If my plan does have a true up, then they would make me whole. So I would eventually get maybe one big lump sum dumped into my account to true me up, to make me whole. Couple things to be aware of. Some plans have the true up, some plans don't. The frequencies can vary. Sometimes, for example, plans may provide true ups on a quarterly basis. Most of the time, I've seen them provide it annually if they are providing one. And there could be requirements to receive the true-up. The one that I see most often for the annual true-up is that you are an employee as of the end of the year. Thanks for that really helpful explanation. We know people also change employers over the course of their career. Kelly, can I move my money from an old 401k to my current one? If you have a workplace plan from an old employer, you want to make sure that you're carefully considering your options. One is cashing out that 401k or taking a withdrawal. Keep in mind, that would be a taxable withdrawal, and there could potentially be early withdrawal penalties. The second option is leaving your money in the existing workplace plan if your plan allows it. The other two are rolling over, so rolling over to your new workplace plan or rolling over to an IRA, one of those individual retirement arrangements. It's important that you weigh each option in the lens of your current situation to determine which is best for you. Now, in the interest of time, I'm going to refer you to 
a podcast episode we did previously called Four Options for an Old 401k if you do want to get a bit more in-depth on this topic. How is the Roth option in the 401k different from the more widely known Roth IRAs? Kelly, can we start with you? Yeah, absolutely. There are some key differences to understand. For one, there's income limitations that may prevent you from contributing to a Roth IRA. However, if you have the Roth option in your 401k plan, as long as you're eligible to contribute to that 401k plan, you're eligible to contribute to Roth. So I talk to a lot of savers who assume because they make too much money to contribute to a Roth IRA that they may not be able to contribute to the Roth 401k. And that's simply not the case. Now, let's say if you are eligible to contribute to a Roth IRA, you can do both a Roth IRA and a Roth 401k up to the maximum limits. Keep in mind, those contributions don't cancel each other out. The limits are separate. Now, if your employer does offer a match and you are contributing Roth to your 401k plan, it is important to know that the employer contributions are always made on a pre-tax basis. So even if you do Roth, the employer contribution will still go in before tax. Jen, is there anything that you would add to this? For those that are looking to get as much savings as possible into Roth, one thing that both the IRA and the 401k have in common is that they both offer the opportunity to move non-Roth dollars to your Roth buckets. The terminology is different though. On the IRA side, that's called a conversion, whereas on the 401k side, it's called an in-plan Roth rollover or abbreviated IPRR for short. Some of you may have heard of the mega backdoor Roth The mega backdoor is really a strategy for your 401k plan. If you want to get as much money into Roth as possible, what you would do is contribute the money into the account on an after-tax basis and then moving it over into the Roth bucket as part of an in-plan Roth rollover, assuming the plan allows. After-tax is an option in some plans. After-tax contributions allow you to save beyond that pre-tax Roth combined limit. The employer and employee contribution limit for 2022 that includes your pre-tax, your Roth, your after-tax, and all of the employer contributions is actually $61,000. And then the catch-up if you're 50 years old this year or older would sit on top of that. So to figure out how much you can get into your after-tax source, let's just say for someone under 50 years old, you would take the 61000 subtract whatever contributions you're making to pre-tax and Roth, subtract the employer contributions for the year, and that will give you the max that you can contribute to your after-tax. You also have to consider any plan limits and the caveat that you can't contribute more than how much you make. Kelly, is there an age limit to contributing to 401ks? There is not. As long as you're employed in a position that's eligible to contribute to your 401k, you can continue to contribute as long as you're working. 
But since we're talking about age limits, one age milestone I do want to mention is age 72. So required minimum distributions, or RMDs, typically need to start coming out of your retirement accounts once you reach age 72 or the year that you turn age 72. However, you may not have to take an RMD from your workplace retirement plan as long as you continue to work. So that's something important to keep in mind. Now, if you have other retirement accounts, IRAs, workplace retirement plans from other employers, make sure you're still taking care of those required minimum distributions. Now, on that topic, we talked about Roths a bit earlier. If you do have Roth as part of your 401k plan, once you do become eligible for RMDs, that will be part of your RMD calculation. However, if you have a Roth IRA, remember those individual accounts, you don't have to take a required minimum distribution from a Roth IRA. Jen, what are some lesser known facts about withdrawing from a 401k? The money in the account is yours, of course, depending on vesting, but the plan determines the plan rules, the features of the plan, what's available and what's not. And that could be different depending on your employment status, whether you're currently employed or have separated from the company. Income taxes are going to apply regardless of age. That is sometimes a shocker for some investors. I've spoken with investors who think that magically income taxes are just not going to apply to them at a certain age. Income taxes always apply on any distribution that is added to your income. It's going to vary for everyone. And you also have to consider state income tax rules. If you're redeeming generally before the age of 59 and a half, in addition to whatever tax implications you have from an income tax perspective, there is an additional 10% penalty for early distribution. Exceptions do apply, and some penalty exceptions are actually different in the IRA versus the 401k. So for example, the age 55 rule. In a 401k plan, if you have left the employer in the year that you turn 55 or later, and you're taking a distribution from that plan, you are exempt from the early distribution 10% penalty. Also, it does not apply if you left the employer prior to turning 55. So if, for example, I leave my employer at age 54, once I turn 55, I cannot take those distributions with that exception under the age 55 rule. Other exceptions include things like death and disability, dividend pass-through from company stock, unreimbursed medical expenses. The list goes on, really, and it's all available for you on the irs.gov website. I also want to throw out there that your plan may or may not allow you to take what we call partial distributions when you separate from the company. So if you have left the company and you're looking to take a distribution, you might have to take all or nothing. Also consider that some plans offer hardships, which is kind of a catch-all for if you're in some sort of extreme situation, emergency, where you need access to the funds. There are certain reasons that the hardships would be approved under plan rules, things like medical bills, tuition payments, and funeral expenses. But even if you take a hardship, 
it's still subject to taxes and or penalties as applicable to your situation. Jen, thanks for such an in-depth explanation. Kelly, do you have anything to add? Coming back to those other types of workplace plans, for example, government 457 plans do not have hardship options. Some 457 plans might have an unforeseen emergency option, which the reasons to take those withdrawals can vary greatly from a 401k plan and do vary from plan to plan. Unlike other retirement accounts where you might have an early withdrawal penalty, where you're pulling from 457 contributions from a government plan, there's no early withdrawal penalty. Still taxes, but you don't have to worry about that 10% penalty. Now, another thing to mention, um, if there's any public safety officers who have been contributing to their retirement plan and may need to take a withdrawal, Jennifer talked about the age 55 rule, but for qualified public safety officers, that's actually reduced to age 50 in some circumstances. We also discussed 401k loans in a previous episode, but since we are taking a closer look, what are some lesser-known considerations about requesting 401k loans? Kelly, can we start with you? Yeah, absolutely. And since we just talked about withdrawals, just to clarify, when you request a loan from your 401k plan, that's something you do when you're actively employed. And when you request a loan, you need to pay it back. So you're not taxed when you take that loan out, but you're replacing that money typically with payments from your paycheck. Now, with loans, it's important to know that They can vary greatly between employers. So whether or not your workplace plan offers a loan or not can vary. So you don't want to assume just because your last employer offered a loan that your new employer will as well. Some other things to consider is that the amounts can vary. The IRS does have a standard limit or a standard maximum of up to 50% of your account value or $50,000 whichever is less, but your employer can impose more strict limitations. If you are requesting a loan, you have to make payments according to the loan terms, but you are allowed to continue to contribute. The loan payment would be separate than your new contributions to the plan. So you can still contribute to the plan. In fact, we encourage you to do so. You want to continue to save for retirement. Again, it's important to understand if you are thinking about taking a loan, make sure you understand how they work, what the rules are, what payments you'll have to stick to. It's important to make sure that you understand the loan before you request it. Kelly, thank you for sharing so many detailed considerations around this topic. Jen, is there anything that you would add? I just wanted to add a quick story here, a real-life scenario, and we'll call this woman Fulana. We're going to keep everybody's name confidential here. But, you know, I was speaking with her four years into her loan payment program, and she was really struggling with making those payments. They were taking $400 extra out of every single paycheck 
Whatever she had used the money for was long gone. And she was begging me to make these payments stop. As an active employee, we really couldn't find a way to do that for her based on her plan rules. So she was not able to continue to contribute to her account. Just a cautionary tale to those that are considering taking a loan. You want to think ahead. You know, you're really going to be locking yourself into these payments for many, many years And you might put yourself behind in your retirement savings if you can't continue to contribute because your paycheck is going to decrease substantially if you're taking those larger loans. Think long and hard about how long you're going to lock yourself into that lower paycheck due to those payback requirements. I also wanted to add that for those of you that leave work with an outstanding loan, you sometimes have the option to continue to make payments. And if you don't pay it back, it is going to be deemed a distribution and treated as one in terms of taxes and penalties. Now, some of you may not have that option. Some plans may actually say, once you separate, the loan is going to be due within a certain amount of time. For that scenario, I have another story, another client that I worked with during my career, Fulano. He called me one time and asked me for a $50,000 loan. He wanted the highest amount possible from his plan for moving expenses. When he said moving expenses, a red flag went up for me. And I immediately asked him, so are you going to be leaving the company? And he confirmed that he would be because of his move. And after looking at the plan rules, I told him that his plan does not allow him to continue making payments. So he's going to take this $50,000 loan to separate from the company and then have to owe it all back immediately. Otherwise, it would be a distribution. And then I went into explaining, of course, that a $50,000 distribution is going to be added to his income. He'd have to pay taxes and, in his case, possible penalties because he was younger than 59 and a half. And so it's important for you to be forthcoming with information about what you're looking to do with these loans when you're talking to professionals so that we can share that relevant information with you. He immediately said, never mind. <laughs> and he said, uh, you know, well, I might talk to you later, but probably not. And we, we hung up. And I don't think that he did end up taking that loan. Such great perspectives. Thanks, Jen. Now, what can you tell me about purchasing company stock in your 401k plan? If you're going to invest in one company stock, generally try to keep it within 5 to 10% of your portfolio. Many companies will limit their employees in terms of how much of their portfolio can be invested within that company stock option. Now, for those of you that already have a significant amount of highly appreciated stock, I want to quickly discuss net unrealized appreciation or NUA treatment for short. With NUA, instead of the stock being treated as income when you distribute as a standard 401k withdrawal, you have the option to move it into a taxable account, pay income taxes on the basis only, and moving forward when you take distributions, treat the earnings as capital gains for tax purposes. That could be more favorable depending on your tax situation. To be clear, that's not a guaranteed tax strategy for everyone, but if you qualify for distributions and have a lot of significantly appreciated company stock, it's worth talking to a tax advisor to determine 
whether this is a good strategy for your situation. Well, this has been a great conversation. Let's summarize a few key takeaways for our listeners. Jen, what would you highlight? I'd like to leave them with a list of questions to ask about their plans, depending on the situation that they're in. These are going to make you sound super smart. If you're maxing out and you're over the age of 50, you'll want to know, is the catch-up contribution a separate election? If maxing out before the end of the year or contributing under the amount that qualifies for the full company match at any point during the year, remember what we talked about regarding the true-up. So you'll want to ask, does this plan make true-up contributions? How often? And what are the eligibility requirements? Does the company match after-tax contributions? Does the plan offer after-tax contributions? If you're trying to max out your Roth dollars, you'll need to know if the plan allows in-plan Roth rollovers. And if you're taking a loan, you'll want to ask, if I leave the company, can I continue to make payments? And what are my options? How do I get everything set up? Kelly, what would you highlight? Your employer may update their plan features or the rules may change. So give your record keeper a call, check out the website, the resources that are available to you to make sure that you are keeping up to date with your workplace retirement plan. Well, it's hard to believe, but it's time for us to start wrapping up this discussion. We want to leave our listeners with a parting thought or a next step. Jen, let's start with you. It's really important for each individual not to assume that their plan is set up a certain way. Oftentimes, we'll talk to friends or family and we'll learn about things that they can do in their plans or options that they have and try to mimic what someone else is doing. But really, you should be individually understanding and getting the education that's pertinent to your plan. I would strongly encourage that if you have not spoken to your record keeper recently, you just dial in to their customer service line and just chat with someone. It just takes a little bit of time out of your day, but you'll be surprised how much information you get. Kelly, and what would be your parting thought for our listening audience? I'm going to add, don't be afraid to ask stupid questions. I've been doing this a long time and feel like I've heard it all. You might not know everything about your 401k plan, and that's okay. That's why we have these conversations. So be open, ask the questions with the language you have. So when you're talking to your financial professional, they can explain in terms that make sense to you to help you best understand the benefits that are available so you can make educated and confident decisions. Well, thank you both so much for joining me today. This has been a terrific conversation. This was an excellent discussion, Christine. Thank you for helping us navigate it. Yeah, it was wonderful to be here. Thank you for having us. Again, I'm Christine Akins, and thank you for listening. Please tune in for our next episode, which focuses on ways you can save for retirement if you're self-employed or own or work for a small business. If you like this podcast, please rate us and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. I hope your next step towards retirement is a confident one. T. Rowe Price, Retire with Confidence. This episode of Confident Conversations on Retirement is provided for general and educational purposes only and is not intended to provide legal, tax, or investment advice. This podcast does not provide recommendations concerning investments, investment strategies, or account types. 
It is not individualized to the needs of any specific investor and not intended to suggest any particular investment action is appropriate for you, nor is it intended to serve as a primary basis for investment decision-making. The views contained herein are as of the date noted on the material and are subject to change without notice. These views may differ from those of other T. Rowe Price Group companies and or associates. Consider all available options, which include remaining with your current retirement plan, rolling over into a new employer's plan or IRA, or cashing out the account value. When deciding between an employer-sponsored plan and an IRA, there may be important differences to consider, such as range of investment options, fees and expenses, availability of services, and distribution rules, including differences in applicable taxes and penalties. Depending on your plan's investment options, in some cases, the investment management fees associated with your plan's investment options may be lower than similar investment options offered outside the plan. Copyright 2022, T. Rowe Price, All Rights Reserved. T. Rowe Price, Invest with Confidence, Retire with Confidence, The Bighorn Sheep Design, and Confident Conversations, Collectively and or Apart, are trademarks of T. Rowe Price Group Incorporated, All Rights Reserved. T. Rowe Price Investment Services Incorporated, Distributor, T. Rowe Price, T. Rowe Price Associates Incorporated, Investment Advisor.